Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. it. So glad that you are here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And we're so thankful that you chose to be in the house today. Can we give it up like crazy for all of our guests? Come on, let's do it. Love it, love it, love it. So, man, it's just a great time at Vibrant Church. It's a great season. We've got a lot of great things going on. And uh, a few things that we pointed out in the video, but I want to reiterate, life groups. Uh, Life groups, we're not a church that has life groups. Life groups is our DNA. That's what we do. It's who we are. And uh, so I want to encourage you, if you call Vibrant Home, don't do life alone. Get involved in a life group. Uh, We have groups in our lobby. Please sign up for a group today. Uh, That's how you get connected to people in our church. That's how you you become part of this this body. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And then today is Baptism Sunday. It's one of my favorite Sundays of the month. Love it. And so today, I, I think we have nine people. My staff can correct me. The nine people we're going to baptize today right after this service. That's awesome. Praise God for that. But the reason I say that is that uh, we, we make it so incredibly easy for you to be baptized. We give you a Bible study. We have clothes. We make it incredibly easy. If you want to be baptized today, you can be baptized. Like you could just walk up to anybody in a lanyard at the end of this message and say, I want to be baptized today. We have clothes. We have towels. We make it incredibly easy for you. You already got wet when you came in from the rain, right? Might as well just go ahead and, hey, I'm going to make a next step in the Lord. I'm going all in, okay? And so jump in and we're going to baptize in the name of Jesus. And I love it very, very much. Thank you so much for being here. We're in the final week of a series that we've been in called The World of Self. Everybody say self. self. We live in a selfish culture, a very selfish world. Everything in our culture is built around us. It's built around like, what am I doing for me, right? I want my wants, my desires, my things, my stuff, my dreams, my ambitions. And if you get in the way of it, you're making me mad, right? <laughs> and so it's all about self-care, self-love. And what happens is when we live in this, this self-centered culture and we live this out, we're, we create a world that has its own gravitational pull. It, have, it has its own gravitational pull where it just, everything creates, uh, it, it pulls in about me. It's all about me. In fact, you probably know somebody that you could be telling them about some of the, the toughest times in your life and they're going to make that conversation about them, Right? That's the world of self. That's what illustrated, that's what it looks like, okay? It's dark, it's insular. It it doesn't have a lot of levels. It's like this, this ball over here. But what we do know is that purpose is always attached to God's people. And so that means that purpose is selfless. So when I realize I have something bigger to live for than, than myself, I have something bigger to live for. There's, there's this, that something bigger than me. And I recognize that it's outside of me that I'm serving other people. Purpose is attached to God's people. What happens is I start to realize that God isn't here to serve me. I didn't create God to serve me, but God created me and I get to serve him. 
There's these two differing mentalities and they're, they're not co-equal. They are completely opposite. And so once we recognize that I'm here to serve God and God has given me a purpose and he's given me a why and I understand why I'm supposed to be here, we start to see some illumination in our world. We go from the world of self to the world of selfless. From the world of self to the world of selfless. The world of selfless is the goal for all of us to live in because we find freedom. Life gets brighter and lighter. Then you can lay your head on the pillow at night and actually sleep because there's spiritual full fulfillment. And so today in the final message of this series, I'm gonna make a little turn. I'm gonna make a little right turn to close this, this series out. And I wanna preach a message that I just felt on my heart uh, that, that just really felt like the Lord was uh, speaking in this. And let me set it up this way. As part of what I do as a pastor is I get the opportunity to walk with many couples as they're about to get married. And I, I love that I get to do that and I get to do premarital coaching and, and uh, walking through that process of, of building lifelong love together. And, and, and I love that. But uh, part of what I do in premarital coaching is in the first session, I will sit down with them and I say, I just want you to know, uh, we're not gonna do a lot of teaching tonight. In this first session, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask you about 100 questions. Uh, there's gonna be about 100 questions that I'm gonna ask you, and many of them are surface level questions that you should know the answer to from somebody that, with somebody that you're marrying, and you guys should know the answers to these. But most of these are going to be deep questions. They're gonna be deep questions about their opinions, about spirituality, about their family, about history, about dreams and past and context and, and experiences and things like that. Why? Why am I gonna start premarital coaching with no coaching? <laughs> Why do I do that? It's because every room has a shadow. Every room has a shadow. If you look around in this room, there's a black ceiling. So there's plenty of shadows. But if you were going to go, going to go out in our lobby that has white ceilings and bright fluorescent lighting, there is still shadows in the lobby. No matter how bright your room is, there are still shadows inside of that room. The purpose in me asking those questions is I want to illuminate any shadows that might be present in their relationship. I wanna help them if there's something that they go, oh, we didn't talk about that. Great, that's why we're here. That's what we wanna do. We wanna illuminate the shadows that might be in their relationship. The same course of action is in our lives, every one of us, there is some shadows. There are some shadows inside of our worlds. There are some shadows inside of our world. And the only way to defeat darkness is light. The only way to defeat darkness is not more sound. It's not better smell. It's not even better sight, but it's with light. So what we, the purpose of asking the, those questions is to bring light to the darkness where there's shadows, to bring light to the darkness. Our personal lives, every one of us, we have shadows. These are things that we're not proud of. These are things inside of our world that maybe we hide from others. These are definitely not the things you post on Facebook, okay? Right? These are not the things you're putting in your Instagram bio, right? These are things that, that, are, that you're not proud of. We put them in the corner and we don't share them with the people that we meet. There are shadows that can keep us locked in prisons of the world of self. And these shadows are called sin. Now, I know that this is not popular in 2023, but I have to, this is not popular preaching, but I have to remind you today, there is a difference between right and wrong. There's a difference between right and wrong. And there's an, an actual battle between sin and righteousness that we are waging war every day in, even when we choose not to fight. We are waging war. Sin takes you somewhere you never wanted to go and keeps you there longer 
than you ever wanted to stay. You know, last night I was actually searching, I was looking around on social media after a ball game I was watching and, and I came across this meme and, and I, so I actually downloaded it and I put it on our screen. Hang on one second, don't put it up there just yet. But it illustrates this message so, so well. And our 90s, anybody that was born like in like 90s and before will totally get this. The rest of y'all, y'all are just gonna have to Google it or something. Uh, but check it out, check this meme out. Like this, it just made me laugh out loud. You might think sinning is good, but actually... Hey, my 90s kids. Anybody get there? 80s, 90s kids. Come on. Y'all got it. The rest of y'all can like Google it later, but that's all good. Here's the truth. Is that sin, living in sin, removes purpose and replaces it with pain. Living in sin removes joy from your life and places shame on your shoulders. Sin, living in sin, makes your life seem lifeless. And you know, as I was thinking about this and studying it, you know what I found is that most sin is selfish. Most sin that we experience, that we live out is selfish. It's selfish. In fact, let's, let, you know, there's so many different levels here and we're gonna talk about this, but let's, the Bible talks about seven deadly sins. These are the most common sin that we find in our world today. Let's talk about it. Let's live it out. Let's see. And the most common sins, these seven deadly sins are selfish. The first, lust. It's lust. I'm following my feelings. If it feels good, I'm just going to do it, right? Oh, saving ourselves for marriage is so old-fashioned, Pastor. I mean, we're adults. We can handle this, right? We can can do it. It's 20, you know, David and Bathsheba was not an event that happened in the Old Testament. It's a lifestyle in 2023, right? That's what it is. Well, what about, you know, gluttony? This is gluttony. This is general feeling if, if some is good, more is better. If some is good, more is better. That's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna consume too much. I'm gonna watch too much. I'm gonna eat too much. I'm gonna live too much. I'm gonna drink too much. It's this gluttony. What about greed? Greed says, I want it all and I want it now. The microwave society that says, I will do whatever I have to do to get it. It's selfish. It's a, it's a self, the world of self. What about sloth? This one is so difficult. So difficult. This, this world is filled with apathy for everything that matters. For everything that matters. I mean, like, well, Pastor, I know God has called me to do this, but you know, I, I just don't feel like it right now, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch another episode. Right? Oh, I, mean, I, I know I said like I know that the church really feeds my family because it connects everybody to God. And we can, we, I know that I find more peace in my home when we're at church. And I know all of this, but man, I just can't make it today because there's like a football game or something. Or insert a thing, right? Right? It's this, this spirit of sloth. What about wrath? What about wrath? Well, this thing happened to you and they wronged you and you are so incredibly upset. You are angry you are incredibly angry and you're just saying, you know, I'm gonna show them how angry I am. I'm gonna let them know just how mad I am. Making a scene becomes more important than making peace. What about envy? Envy says, well, why can't I be blessed like they are? Like, why can't I sing like they do? That's what I feel about our worship team. Why can't I do that? Like, why can't my kids be like their kids? Why can't I live in that neighborhood? Why can't I do that? That's what envy tells you. On the, on the other side, you have pride, which is selfish. And also it says, I sing so much better than them, right? Like, thank God I'm not like them. Thank God my kids are not like theirs. I know none of, nobody in this service has said that, you know, first service of it. But 
Thank God I don't live in that neighborhood, right? Thank God. It's that pride. It's selfish. Every one of these sins have a selfish foundation and, and, it's, and it's insular. It's about me. It's about myself. It's, it's I fulfill lust to meet my needs. I, I eat because I'm stressed and I need to do self-care, right? I take from others because I'm greedy. I get mad and I fly off the handle and it doesn't help anybody else, but it sure makes me feel better, right? I know lust is a problem, but things are everywhere on the internet and it's so accessible. I mean, it must be okay because that TV show said it was all right that we were watching last week. It's the world of self. Am I making my point? It's that sin makes us live our world in black and white when God created a world of color that Jesus came to illuminate for us. Why? Because sin from the beginning of time has been a separator. It's been a separator keeping us from God's best, keeping us from God's best for us. It's always been that way from the beginning of time. D.A. Carson said it incredibly well. He said this, people do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience, scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. But we drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Every person under the sound of my voice today, whether you're watching in person or online, we struggle with this. We have shadows in the room. You know, Paul talks about talked about a thorn in his flesh. He had it all his life. Every one of us, we struggle with sin. We all have shadows in the room, but here's where I think we get this wrong. Sin so many times has been something that that people have used to beat over people's head to get them to change and, and be more of a correctional response. That's just not the case. Sin is not about disobeying a rule. Can I tell you today that there are no rules in following Jesus? There are no rules in following Jesus. Sin is not about disobeying the rules. It's, let me give you an illustration. Sin is not stealing the cookies from the cookie jar. It's not that. Sin is disobeying, getting the cookies, eating way too many cookies, and it makes you sick. Sin is choosing something that you think better than what's God's best. That's what sin is. When we walk away from God's best for us, we choose our own way in the world of self. It causes ultimately death. James chapter one, verse 14 and 15. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. To death. From the beginning of time, we see this. James, James describes five stages of sin. Five stages of sin. And, and, and I, wanna li- I wanna show you these really quick. First, in verse 14, it says, sin begins with an evil desire. Here's the truth. You and I are both human. We are all human. We all have evil desires, okay? The desires pull at your soul and it entices you. But it shows up, like, it shows up as a thought, as a thought that you might have. It shows up as an opportunity that you might have. It shows up as a post on social media that you saw that triggered something in your mind. It shows up as a movie that you're watching and you say, oh, it's just one scene. It shows up in a conversation that you're having that you know is going in the wrong direction. Huh? 
Flesh is in constant war with the spirit. Flesh wants what is comfortable and is pleasing, but the spirit will lean to what is holy. So there's this separation here. Church, can I tell you, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's normal. You might say that, Pastor Michael, I've always been this way. That doesn't make it, that, that doesn't make it right. Right? I've just always been angry. My dad was angry. My mom was angry. I just always, I, that doesn't make it right. Right? Just because it's natural doesn't mean that it's normal. So it, this, the sin begins with this evil desire. But check this out. Evil desire conceives. It replicates. It becomes something else. It gains the consent, the consent of the will. Honestly, this is, where we make, this is where we make mistakes because this is where we make excuses. Well, nobody will ever see it. Nobody will ever know. This doesn't affect anybody else. It'll be just this one time. Pastor Michael, that's not gossip. I'm just sharing with somebody else so they'll pray. Well, Pastor, my anger has to go somewhere. You don't understand how mad I am. I am so angry. My anger has to go somewhere. And I don't want to do something dangerous. So instead, I'll just do something stupid. We build a bridge to the other side to our own destruction. And then this is what happens. What happens in verse 15, sin is born. It's conceived and now it's born. Sin has its own life. So no sin is an end in itself. You won't stop sinning by turning to sin to cope. You begin to, to think with only with your flesh in mind. Spirituality has, it removes, it, it, you remove spirituality from all of your decision making. You remove all spiritual wisdom from your decision making. At this point, we're making a conscious choice to walk away from God's best for our life. We're making a conscious decision. Sin, at number four, sin grows. Now, what happens here is, is sin will grow even if it unintentionally it may not even be something that you're intentionally growing, right? I even pray, I go before the Lord and I pray prayers like this, God offend me, God forgive me for doing anything that has offended your heart that I don't even know about. God think, forgive me for the things that I've done that might have even offended your heart. Things grow even unintentionally in our lives. Sin begins to grow. There are things that grow in your life that no, you don't want them there, but they still grow. Right? Like thorns on a rose bush. Who likes the rose? We love the rose. Who likes the thorns? Nobody. Right? Like weeds in your flower bed. Weeds are growing. It doesn't matter what you do. The weeds are going to be there. And in my yard, they're probably just going to stay there because I'm not going out there to get them. I just, I'm, I'm done fighting the battle. I've just given that one up. Right? Like poison ivy. It grows. Like that's one of those things I'm going to ask God. Why do we have poison ivy? I'm just going to walk around. This plant's going to rub my leg. I'm going to itch for a week, right? And I just don't understand. That's going to grow though. It's a nuisance. You're going to remember this example, but it, it's like nose hairs, right? Huh? It's like nose hairs. I, we don't understand why we have nose hairs. We just know we don't like them, right? Right? We just know we don't like them. Sin will grow in your life like nose hair. It will grow in your life like nose hair. And here's the deal. It'll affect everything that it's connected to in your world. It'll affect, because number five, number five is sin produces death. Genesis 2, 2 and 17, it says, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God gives this, them this instruction not to give them a rule, but to keep them from death, to give them 
his best. Here's what I do know is that God's not a dictator. You know how I know that? Is that he gives us a choice. He gives us a choice. Will we choose our way or God's way? The power is in the choice. Will we choose, oh, I feel like I have something better than what God has offered me. The world of self leans to man's wisdom. Here's the truth is that man's wisdom caused the fall of the world. So the reason that death is in this world is because man leaned into, leaned into man's wisdom and it created sin. Stepping into that over God's best. Here's, here's what I found is that sin is choosing your desires over God's design. Sin is choosing your desires over God's design. It's not about a legalistic rule that, oh, you broke the rules. and the, Like, we don't have rules. It's not what we do. Like, as Christians, we don't, we don't live by rule, but we live in relationship. And when I choose in relationship, I choose I have my own way and it's better than God's way, I forfeit God's best for my life. I choose to live in the world of self and I give up the world of selfless, ultimately giving up purpose. Let me illustrate it to you, Romans 8 and 32. This is a little bit long portion of scripture, but stay with me, it'll be on the screen. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind he gave them a chance. He gave them a choice. If they want to do it, let them do it. So they do what they ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. They are slanderers. They are God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. There's not enough in this world. They just invent ways of doing evil. Doesn't that sound like our culture today? Doesn't that just sound like our culture? They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree, they know all that God's best could offer them. That those who do, do such things deserve death. They do, not only do they continue to do these very things, but they approve of those who practice them. Wow. Romans chapter two, verse five through six. But because of your stubbornness, don't poke nobody right now. Don't poke nobody. And your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. For when his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. Man, Pastor Michael, that's heavy. Pastor Michael, that's heavy preaching. That's, that's tough preaching for a, a child dedication day, for, a, baby, for a, a baptism day. That doesn't sound real encouraging. Well, here, I've got some good news for you. As much as we have all lived in the world of self and every one of us has struggled with sin and iniquity and going our own way and doing our own thing, there's a solution to the problem. There's a solution to the problem. The sacrifice of Jesus is sufficient enough to cover all of our sin, all of the world of self, to destroy the world of self, every, to cover all that you and I have done. Just because you struggle with it doesn't mean that you have to surrender to it. Paul talked about that thorn in his flesh. He lived that out and he's, he stayed with that until the day he died. That does not mean that God's gonna remove evil desires from you. It means he's gonna give you the power to make the choice to choose the world of selfless, to choose purpose over pain, to choose joy over shame. 
He's gonna give you that power to make that decision. You don't have to surrender to it just because you always struggle with it. One of the biggest lies believed in the church today is that generational curses exist. Jesus came to break every generational curse. When he died on the cross, the veil was torn. That generational curse was broken. It has no hold over you. I just felt like I'm I'm supposed to tell somebody this today. It's not on my notes. That curse has no hold on your life. That curse has no hold on your purpose. That curse has no hold on your future. Let me share it to you this way. My family, we enjoy playing games at home and one of our favorite games is Uno. How many of y'all are Uno people, right? Uno, we love it. All right, y'all can all lose to me. That's cool. No, no, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. But hey, we love to do Uno and uh, they've got new kind of Uno now. We got like Uno Flip and it's got all kinds of like crazy cards in it. But me and my son, Ethan, uh, we will go at it and we'll play Uno and it's a lot of fun. And I just, I will dominate him because we don't let anybody win in my house, okay? Gotta teach him character, right? And so that's it. And so like well, a few weeks ago, Ethan, and I are playing cards and I, you know, I just made him draw like 15 cards in a row, like no mercy. I just like, bam, bam, bam. It was just like, I, and I just, he was getting so mad. He draws all the cards and I had like two cards left and he's getting so upset and he puts all the cards in his card holder and, and his file cabinet and all the things and he's got all that and he puts the cards in and then he, he's, you know, he's mad for a second and then he puts a smile on his face. I was like, oh man, what's about to happen? He lays down this card. Swap hands. I had two cards left and I had to swap hands with this little joker and this little sucker beat me in Uno because he swapped hands with me. Church, can I tell you today, Jesus knowing that you had all these cards, all these issues, all these problems working against you, all these things, you had so many points in your hand, you could never atone for them. Jesus chose to trade hands with you and give you what he deserved. He chose to trade hands with you. Romans 3 and 23, it says, for all have sinned. We've all lived in the, the world of self. We've all fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice for atonement for the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Let me tell you today, you might've been struggling with this, but Jesus came for you to be justified. What does that mean? It means just if I'd never done it. Come on, somebody. Just if I'd never done it. Sure, you might have sinned, but Jesus came to bring you freedom. Sure, you might have fallen and you've lived in the world of self, but Jesus came to bring you something better. Come on. Anybody believe that today? You're in the grace of Jesus. Because of that, you find a future that you didn't have before. You find a peace that you didn't have before. You find a joy that you didn't have before. You have an address change notification, baby, that you were living in the world of self, and this one's not here anymore. I'm over here now. I'm living in purpose. I'm living in design, and I'm living in freedom today. (laughs) Knowing what we know that every one of us, our natural tendency is to live in this world of self. Our natural tendency is to live this out. It's about me. Well, I would do that, Pastor, but I don't want to. That's, that's cool. Can I tell you that God's purpose will lead you to do some things you don't want to? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? I could, I could give tons of examples. I don't have time. We're, about, we're gonna baptize some people today. <laughs> I'll give you one. I, I, you think I wanted to like 
give up everything and, 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 and sell our homes and you know, all retirement that I ever thought I had and, and give it all up and throw it into the church and say, all right, God told me to plant a church. I don't know, I'm just gonna say yes. You think my flesh wanted to do that? The world of self would have said, nah, that's security, bro. You, that's your retirement. Huh? Oh, you're gonna have to work three jobs to do that. Well, I'll just say, huh? The world of self will keep you selfish. But the world of selfless will lead you to do some things that are uncomfortable. That will lead you to do some things that'll make you lean on God and trust him. It'll make you trust him in times that, man, I don't know how I'm gonna make it, but God always made it. He always made it happen for me. Well, pastor, I, you know, I, in this economy, I, 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 can't, I can't tithe. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't tithe. I'm just telling you, I've been tithing since I was 17, since I got my first job, and God ain't never let me down. I always ate. I'm telling you, when you cross over from the world of self, when it becomes less about you and more about him, you discover a strength that you didn't know you had because it came from heaven, not from in you. It came from in heaven. It leads us to this choice, though. We understand that we're sinners. We understand that Jesus came to bring his grace. He, he came to bring us mercy. He came to give it, bring us forgiveness. But it leads us to something. It leads us to a choice, which ultimately is God's greatest gift to you and I. God's greatest gift. Well, how do I respond to this? How do I respond knowing all of this information? Well, the first way that you respond tangibly is that you live in awe of the grace of God. You live in awe of the grace of God. Gratitude is an attitude of holiness. Gratitude is an attitude of holiness. 2 Corinthians 4 and 15, for it is all your sake that as, so that as grace extends more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to glory, to the glory of God. Psalm 9 and 1, I will give thanks to the Lord of my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. You know, I know, I know y'all think that my wife and I, we're superhuman and we just like float around and angels carry us and we read the KJV Bible all the time and the angels just like feed us dinner and stuff. But I, I can tell you, I, I can be transparent and tell you that we're real people. And we're, you know, people have issues and I'm a people, right? But I can tell you honestly that rather than get overwhelmed by my issues and live in the world of self with my issues, I have to go back to this number one and go back to the awe of the grace of God on a continual basis. God, I don't, I don't deserve to be here today, but I'm in awe of your goodness. The second thing that you can do tangibly, practically, is to live by God's design and not your desires. Live by God's design and not your desires. This is where discipline comes in. And here's the point. Discipline is not following rules. Discipline is choosing God's best over what you think is best. That's what that is. It's not about rules. It's about, I want God's best for my life. Take actionable steps to grow out of your sinful desires. Giving your life to Jesus doesn't mean you're never gonna be tempted. Giving your life to Jesus doesn't mean that you're never gonna struggle with something. But you can choose in this moment. I, I'm going to choose God's design, God's best for my life over what I think is best. How do I do that? Well, let me give you some tangible, practical steps that you can do. We, today is Life Group Sunday. You need to be connected with people. You need to be connected with people. You need to join a group. If you're not a part of a group, let me just tell you, you're not experiencing God's best for your life. 
I got to tell you, you're just not. You do life in community with other people, it builds your life spiritually. If you've never been through freedom, let me just tell you what, freedom is one of our life groups. It's spiritually transformative. It will change your life. Sign up for freedom. Go through it. I wish we'd have so many people in freedom. We don't have enough leaders. I'll, create, I'll lead every group if I have to with our pastoral team. We'll do it. I believe in it. I believe in it. You need to go through it. What about this? What about coaching or, or mentoring or accountability? So many of you have been trying to, to fight a sin issue battle and do it by yourself and you keep failing and can't figure out why. It's because two is better than one. You need somebody to come alongside of you. If you... Let me tell you, you're never going to beat an addiction alone. You're never going to win a battle against an addiction alone. You need somebody that you can be accountable to, that you, you have that accountability with. It could be your small group leader. It could be a team leader. It could be a friend. It could be a coach. It could be a mentor. It could be a pastor. I don't care who it is. You could I, find somebody in your life that you trust. And I'll tell you, everybody in this entire world needs this. I need this. I have this. Okay, I have people that I can call and they know within five seconds of picking up the phone of whether something's wrong with me or not. They know me well enough. We need this. What about this? I'll, I'll even go as far to say this. Some of y'all need accountability and you need mentoring, but you need, you also need professional counseling to get out of this world. Some of y'all need some, you need some counseling. And too many people have told you that that's not healthy, that's not right or whatever. Let me just tell you what you should do, a healthy Christian would do. Would accept the mantle of God's grace on your life and then go see a counselor. Because God's grace gives you forgiveness, but God's people lead you to healing. You need that. Proverbs 4 and 15. Check this out. Avoid it. Pass by it. Pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. In other words, I turn and I, I see a sin. I see a temptation. I see something that's coming and I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn away. The same God who sets the standard also gives you the strength. The same God who sets the standard also gives you the strength. The other thing that you could do today is you could be baptized today. You wanna, you wanna see that old sin go away? You wanna, you're gonna repent from your sin? You're gonna turn away? You wanna make a, a step? I'm telling you, identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ by being baptized. It'll change your world. Would you stand with me? The third thing that you can do practically here, the third thing that you can do practically is you can walk in confidence because of Christ's sacrifice. You can walk in confidence because of Christ's sacrifice. Check this out, don't miss this. Don't miss this right now. Hebrews 4 and 16. Then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Well, Pastor Michael, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand the sinner that I am. You don't understand. I don't have to understand. God understands. And this is what his word says. Approach his throne with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I've got a declaration that I want us to say together and they're gonna put it on the screen. But I want, you to, I want you to say this. We're gonna say it together. But I want you to say it with a, a little gumption in your spirit because I, some of you today are struggling with self-worth issues. Some of you are struggling with, with, with mental health issues that come from, that stem from not actually believing that God has forgiven you. And can I tell you today, 
that what you're doing is you're telling God that his grace is not big enough for you. You're telling Jesus that his sacrifice was not worth it for your sin. And I'll tell you that out of love to understand, for you to understand that Jesus made that sacrifice before you were ever born, knowing every sin that you would ever, 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 ever commit. Every time that we would try to choose our best over his, Jesus would make that sacrifice every time. Every time. So you can approach his throne with boldness and confidence to receive grace and mercy. Church, can we make this declaration together? Say this, because of the grace of Jesus, I am a child of God. I will live in the forgiveness and purpose given to me on Calvary. Church, can we say it again? Say, because of the grace of Jesus, I am a child of God. I will live in the forgiveness and purpose given to me on Calvary. Amen. Every eye closed, every head bowed right now. You're here today because church is a chance. And I've preached the gospel that Jesus died on the cross and, and rose three days later for you to be forgiven for your sin. But not only that, for you to continue to choose God's best for your life. The gospel invitation is that you come as you are, but the gospel promise is that you will not stay as you are. So today we have a choice. Some of you have, you're in the right place at the right time. You've lived in the world of self. You've lived that life of struggle, of sin even, but you're ready to make a change. Can I tell you that it begins by praying a prayer of repentance and faith. Not just saying you're sorry for your sin, but turning away from your sin. Turning away, going the other way, doing a 180, repenting, turning away from your sin and allowing God's grace to live through you. It begins by praying a prayer of repentance and faith today. If that's you and you wanna give your life to Jesus or maybe you even wanna surrender, you wanna recommit your life to Jesus, wanna give it to him for the first time or you wanna recommit your life to Jesus, would you decide to be known by lifting your hands across the room in this house today? Come on, that's beautiful. I see you there. I see you. That, come on, that's awesome. What God's doing in your heart right now. That's awesome. I see you right now give you another minute. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Cross this room. Nobody's looking around. What we're going to do today, church, is we're going to pray this prayer together as a church family. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance and, and faith. Pray together. We say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I've done it my own way. I lived my life in sin. I've lived in the world of self. I've trusted my best over your best. Today I ask for forgiveness and I turn away from my sin and I turn towards your eyes. Thank you for dying on a cross and rising three days later for my forgiveness and my salvation. Today, I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I want to choose your design over my desires. In Jesus' name I pray.
right now across this room. Could you just lift your hands right now? And we're gonna just, we're just gonna thank God, have a moment of gratitude for his grace. Church, right now, can you just begin to lift up your voice and thank him for his grace right now in Jesus' name? Come on, begin to thank him for his grace right now. We thank you, Jesus. We elevate you. We magnify you. We thank you. God, we thank you for everybody that gave their life to you right now. We thank you for forgiveness, for salvation.